This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now. Welcome to WPXI Now and Halftime Adjustments. Happy Wednesday evening. I'm Albie Oxenrider with Dan Kovacevic. Hi, Dan. Hi, Albie. How are you holding up? I'm waiting for all this to end, you know? I think we all are. Well, 2021 is fast approaching. Not and fast enough, Albie. <laughs> Not fast enough. <laughs> All right, well, one of the things that uh, Steelers fans can look forward to in 2021, it appears, is a uh, legitimate playoff run uh, by the Steelers. And let's talk a little bit about where they are right now. The big news this week was the the COVID outbreak. Vance McDonald and then the players that are on the reserve COVID list, including Ben Roethlisberger. So this is a virtual week for Ben. He's in isolation for five days. With that in mind, as they get ready for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, are they going to be okay if Ben doesn't practice? Do you think that he's uh, experienced enough in that regard that they can survive this? Well, continuing the theme of our introduction here at LB, listen to what we're talking about. I mean, we, we've actually gotten comfortable with this subject matter, you know, that we can say, you know, no big deal if the quarterback doesn't, practice at all just walk out of the field on Sunday um quarterback has no symptoms has tested negative but is perfectly logical that he's not allowed to be anywhere near people um yeah what did you ask <laughs> because that's ben, this is the kind of ben stuff that's on my mind can he be effective without oh practice? yeah of course he can sure he can um Mike Tomlin gave us a great answer on this yesterday, I thought, well, he just said to be perfectly honest with you, it's not something that I'm worried about at all. He's been doing this for 17 years. Uh, he's eminently capable of studying the film and coming up with a, a plan and everything else and working with Randy Feetner and the way he's drawing plan, plays up now by his own description uh, in the sand. It's, it's not going to be an adjustment for him tactically in any way, shape or form. Plus he knows the Bengals. Now on top of that though, for anybody who doesn't know this, in a normal week, Ben practices. He never practices on Wednesdays. He's out on the field. He's observing or whatever else. But all those snaps go to Mason, Rudolph, and, and Josh Dobbs anyway. So you have Thursday and Friday are the two days where he practices. Saturday's a walkthrough. If he continues to test negative, he'll be able to participate in the walkthrough on Saturday. So he'll be able to go out there and do whatever uh, needs to be done. And I'm sure if the Steelers – feel that there's a need for maybe a little bit more of an advanced or progressed walkthrough. I'm sure that can be arranged. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So you're really yeah. talking about two practices here. I know it sounds really dramatic and everything else. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's absolutely to be taken seriously, but I, I, I would imagine that this isn't going to be much of a, a factor at all uh, for Ben or really, for that matter, for Vince Williams, the other starter who's impacted by this. Uh, well, and this might be another way of looking at this day. And if you took the same situation and you applied it to the Bengals or the Browns or the Ravens, mm -hmm. just to name the three other teams in the AFC North, uh, those are all three very capable quarterbacks, but young and inexperienced quarterbacks. So this oh, is yeah. mm -hmm. where the Steelers absolutely have an advantage by having a, a 17 That's a good year point. Veteran. That's a good point. I mean, it, it just put it on Joe Burrow's shoe, you know, from his perspective, and you and you'll see the difference that that, that makes. I, I think that uh, you're going to see 
Tomlin also mentioned that that both Ben and Vinny could maybe benefit uh, from from their bodies getting a bit of a break. Uh, let's not forget that Ben took a couple of pretty nasty shots uh, down in Arlington. Uh, his his knee obviously was injured. We all saw that and talked about it. But what not a lot of not a lot of people mentioned was that as Ben took that shot to the knee, he also banged his head off the, the Dallas player next to him. And then on a subsequent play after his return was slammed down to the ground on his right shoulder. And I'm sure that if you went through the film really, really carefully, you'd find a couple more because DeMarcus Lawrence and other guys on the Cowboys front line were making penetration. The Steelers offensive line was not good. Uh, so I think that he could definitely use use a bit of a spell. And Vince Williams, with the way the Steelers have been getting gashed by the other team's run, maybe Vinny could use a little bit of a blow too. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. saying that that's those are on Vinny. That's been on the nose tackle, and that's been on not having Devin Bush primarily. But maybe Vinny's been trying to overcompensate for it. Uh, and it's going to be interesting too as well uh, with the NFL at least preparing for the worst you know, uh, agreeing oh, yeah. to, to extend the playoff field. That tells me that they are, they are looking at the worst case scenario. They have this to, Albie. I mean, not to turn this into a coronavirus sermon or whatever, but the red is crawling all over the map right now. Uh, they have to start preparing for the possibility of having, uh, whether it's, you know, a lot of players missing, games postponed or canceled or whatever else, and putting in the week 18, as they're calling it, contingency allows for situations like this to be to be played uh, played out in a way that the NFL playoffs if the only thing you have to do is expand from 14 to 16 that's not much of an adjustment uh, on anybody's part and you can make it on the fly uh, so it works I'll tell you one thing though one thing that the league really needs to get its uh, act together on is this concept where the only full test the full uh coronavirus test is conducted on Sunday mornings and then you get the result on Monday mornings. Right. And all the rest of them are rapid tests. Like, I mean, think about that, you know, I mean, that that's beyond dumb, whoever it was that yeah, thought of that and it needs question. to be adjusted. Yeah. And then, cause this is now affected. It's not just the Steelers the week before that, that's what happened with Marlon Humphrey and the Ravens. Uh, it's happened to other teams where they find out these tests on positive on Monday morning. That What? Right. All right. Well, we're going to continue this into our next segment. Thanks, Dan, for that. Uh, coming up, is, is the NFL doing enough to prevent all of this? And, and we'll talk about that as Halftime Adjustments continues. Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I'm Albie Oxenrider with Dan Kovacevic. And, and Dan, we'll continue what we were talking about in the first segment, uh, and that is COVID-19 and, and um, how things have gotten to this point. And my question to you to start things off is, do you feel that the NFL has done enough to prevent this? The easy answer is to start ripping them, but I'm not going to do that. The, the, first, the first thing that comes to mind, uh, the first word that comes to mind is yes because we've now gotten through halfway the season. There was really one 
event that you could reasonably classify an outbreak. And that was obviously the one with the Titans early on that ended up messing up the Steelers schedule and a couple others. Um, so in that regard, yes, they've put in policies, they've enforced them maybe a little too late in a couple of cases, but they've had a much harder challenge. The same applied to major league baseball than just hiding in a bubble or like the NHL did running off to another country. What they've done is they've played games in their stadiums, in some cases with significant amount of people. Uh, I'll be the Cowboys, I, and I was down there for this uh, in Arlington, had 30,000 people uh, inside AT&T Stadium. Now, that's still 30% of that gigantic facility, but it's a, it's, it's a lot of people. So the NFL has managed this well overall. But as we mentioned in the first segment, they've done some dumb things too. Uh, the policy on their testing, the rapid testing, and then doing the real test on Sunday morning is, is maybe the dumbest thing I've heard any league do in, in, in any coronavirus practice in 2020. Uh, if you're going to do this right, I mean, tell me what you think. If you're going to do this right, would you pick a Friday or a Saturday to do this so you can have the test back Sunday morning before they start bashing bodies out there? Oh, ab absolutely. Hey, this is all about – this is all about – uh, making sure that guys that are participating in the game in the with game, team. yes, and just a couple other things along those lines. Um, a couple random observations. I saw the Saints and the Patriots, excuse me, there I go, the, the Saints and the Buccaneers, uh, yeah. on Sunday night. And um, after the game, I saw Brady and Drew Brees and a number of other players, um, greeting each other at midfield, which of course is a common thing in the NFL, but they were told. Uh, that's that's no longer not allowed to do it. Yeah, permission. you're not allowed to do it. Yeah, you're not and allowed to do. So you right, you're never allowed to do exchange of jerseys and stuff like that. But you you are allowed to like say hello and get in a prayer circle and whatever else they do at the 50 yard line. A lot of guys, uh, but yeah, I mean, not everybody's listening. Yeah, and I think that especially since that came right after the league. Uh, came down and said, hey, no more of this. You must have the mask on after the game. And everybody on the sidelines must have masks. And then I'm watching after the game and I'm seeing guys shaking hands and hugging and close talking and everything else. Uh, the, the, the second point is, um, it, I, I think it's, <laughs> it, it seems like a perfect time for this vaccine to come along, does it not? Well, that's going to take a while. I mean, the... The, the production and distribution of it, we're talking still about another, you know, two, three months before that thing becomes any kind of factor in this. Well, I, you know, Dr. Fauci said this week that, that he felt, the CDC felt that they would be able to start distributing this in mass before the end of the year. That's and, right. But and I when think we're talking about the NFL, you know, before the end of the year is, you know, not necessarily in time to keep the NFL from doing anything. And I, I, I think that to your point about the players um, meeting up after games and, and, and things like that, let me throw this at you, Albie. One of the things that we found out ever since the Marlon Humphrey thing with the Ravens was that the Steelers and Baltimore and now other teams, and now Dallas, of course, because of the Steelers' positive test, are in a situation where the NFL tells them that you are on heightened awareness or heightened level of caution. Right. There's certain things now that they can't do. 
the Steelers, for example, this week, for anybody who doesn't know, are conducting all of their meetings, meaning their individual positional classroom meetings, virtually. Uh, they're doing all of their training, like the meaning the physical training, the actual conditioning, individually, separate. The only thing they're doing together as a team, as a football team, is taking the field for practice. And even that's going to be done with masks and everything else. Now, what I'm going to throw back to you here is when you look at that map of the United States that's just going all red like this and everything else, and you're seeing these numbers and cases go up that the, that the vaccine will not address uh, in time for the discussion that we're having right now, why wouldn't all 32 teams be in this same heightened state of caution? Do you see what I'm saying here? Like, yeah, why, why just ramp up the Steelers and the Ravens and the Cowboys and anybody else that has somebody placed on the COVID list? You see now, Albie, why I was shaking my head when you were like, oh, what kind of day are you having? And, well, th this is this is why. This is where this discussion always goes. I'm sure everybody's eager to just get back to football and sports and everything else and life and, and things that are that are more important. But this is where we are. And the NFL is going to find a way to get through this. They will. But to me, I think they could just be more aggressive right now with it. Well, how do you compare the NFL to uh, Major League Baseball? And I know hockey and basketball are a little bit different because they were in the bubble. Uh, but even the bubble, in the case of the NBA, certainly wasn't foolproof. No, the one of the NHL was. But again, they, you know, they not only locked everybody up, but they fled the country. And Gary Bettman said himself, we're never doing that again because of the toll that it took on the players, the staff, the coaches, and everybody of all of the teams, particularly those like Tampa and Dallas that, played the whole two months and change. Um, they're never doing that again. So that's never going to be an answer again. Uh, Major League Baseball, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, did it better than anyone. They didn't come up with a positive test until the very last day of the World Series with Justin Turner. Uh, they're the ultimate model for this. They also had players buy in. They had teams buy in after the early messes with the Marlins and Cardinals. The NFL needs to start cracking the whip right now on all 32 teams, not just the ones that put players on the list. All right. Well, that's a good segue into our next segment because we're going to be talking about the NHL and how this is going to look going forward. This is Halftime Adjustments. I'm Albie with Dan, and we're back after this. Welcome back. It's Albie Oxenrider with Dan Kovacevic. And Dan, you were talking about the NHL as we finished our last segment. So let's just go forward and ask this question. How do you see the NHL playing out when they return to play uh, for the 2021 season? Um, I, I mean, I, I your point about the bubble is, is just so obvious that they don't want to do that again. They're going to have to figure out another way to keep everybody safe and play their games without that out of the country bubble. The players don't want to do that again and won't do that again. The coaches won't do it again. Uh, nobody who is involved with it wants to do it again and they won't. That said, when Gary Bettman smoke spoke at an event this week and started talking about the 
various ideas that the league has to return, the thing he kept bringing up again and again were these mini bubbles. And they can't get that out of their heads. Um, I don't believe for a second the players will go for it. And for anybody who doesn't know what that means, the seven Canadian franchises can't come south. You can't, you just can't be going back and forth over the border when you're talking about 14 day quarantines. And by the way, Canada is now a mess as well with this virus. So this, this is not, this is not where this, this situation where it was in the summertime when the NHL went running up there. In this case, uh, there's going to be a 17 Canadian division. And then you have three equal divisions of eight teams each in the United States. And what they're talking about to try to cut down on flying and everything else, uh, including for the Canadian teams, because you're now going to have Montreal and Vancouver in the same division, right? Which is crazy. Right. Uh, is to try to find some kind of midpoint or a place where you can play games. This is what Batman was saying. You play games for like, 10 or 12 days and then you leave and go home and be with your family for a week and then you go back to some other mini bubble and play this is what i'm talking about where i say that major league baseball yeah yeah, right okay it's just they're taking that stuff that part of it just way too far do what major league baseball did keep everybody safe and smart and adhering to the rules Uh, Do some of the stuff that the NFL, led by one of Roger Goodell's uh, lieutenants, Troy Vincent, the former player, have done, where they've installed cameras in the team's facilities to to see, are you wearing masks? Are you staying six feet apart? Are you congregating out in the parking lot like the Titans were, among other infractions that they had? Uh, If you are, you're going to get fined. You're going to get docked draft picks. You're going to get hit the way Mike Tomlin did a week ago. Uh, with that $100,000 fine for having his mask fall off in Baltimore. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you need to be doing. The mini bubbles aren't going to cut it. Here's another thing, Albie. The NHL needs to actually make some money. You know, they're not like the other leagues. Right, right. They can't lean on they the TV revenue. They yeah. Need the yeah. And, and pay 100% of player salaries. Well, Where's that for- money going to come from? For everything that you just laid out, and whether it's the mini bubbles or whether it's trying to go across the border multiple times, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm thinking that this is going to be a difficult undertaking. And, and we've had this conversation going back months and months about they're going to have trouble having another season uh, unless they get some clarity on some issues. Because the way they did it last season, while effective in theory – you know that it was difficult on a lot of people and it would be tough to do that again. Yeah. And I, I think one of the things that's going to come up here, you mentioned the, you know, you know, you mentioned the vaccine or a vaccine, whichever vaccine ends up working and nothing's obviously been confirmed on those fronts yet. We're all, you know, really hopeful about the one in particular that's got the 90 plus percent success rate, uh, but you need people to take it. Okay. Uh, you need to show that there's, you know, X percentage of the population that's taking it before you can just say, hey, everybody back to normal. And everybody goes piling into the arenas and hanging all over each other in an indoor setting. Um, so if you're the NHL, one another point that Bettman has made repeatedly is that how we start isn't necessarily how we're going to finish. Yeah, right. And, and, and that's the part where I think the league needs to make a decision 
if they haven't already internally about these divisions and say, look, one way or another, you are not playing outside your 18 division, kind of what they did in baseball. Uh, we're not going to have you go bouncing back and forth across the country or anything else like that. Uh, one way or another, the, you know, the Penguins are going to stay in some brand new division, Northeast, whatever, with the New York teams and Boston, Columbus, Buffalo, whatever it is that are all in the area. And they'll, and, and they'll do it that way. And they'll say, look, we might need to start out by having every team play a home game. And that was something else that Bettman hinted at. So that you have this feeling like, oh, the Pittsburgh Penguins still exist in Pittsburgh. Okay. And then from there, say, look, now we're going to play like a two-week tournament in, I don't know, Philadelphia or something, right? And then just make the schedule on the fly, right? Right. And if the vaccine works and I say, all right, well, here, here, our computer now spits out that we can play the, 20, the last 24 games in this format, regular format, where everybody just plays in their home arenas and plays to like half full uh, capacity. A couple things. Crazy talk. Couple, yeah. I got to wrap this up, but just remember something. There's no, there's no vaccine for the flu. There are shots, and about fifty percent of the people don't get them. So don't get it, and it's not, and it's not the most effective. The right, it's not hundred. No, it's hundred percent. No, it's about a fifty or sixty percent or so. If this thing does come in at ninety percent, that's good. But again, people have to take it, and it's going to take time. Right. All right, Dan. Thanks. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back for our final moments here in halftime adjustments day. I'm just going to ask you something real fast. The Steelers are eight and zero for the first time in team history. Obviously a lot of people excited about what might be with this team. Is it possible and speak personally, is it possible for you to, to think to be as excited about an eight, no start with all this other stuff hanging around? Uh, you know, as possible. No. Uh, there's always something that's bringing somebody down. In addition to people getting sick and dying, you're also talking about, you know, losing jobs and the massive impact on the economy. It's not the same thing. Uh, I also think not to put these things at an equal balance, but that the Steelers performance in general has been so inconsistent that it never really, they never, other than the Cleveland game, give people that, wow, this is really some powerhouse team that they can get super pumped about. It's like they're waiting for something bad, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. A lot of good stuff today. I appreciate your thoughts on all that. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Dane. We'll see you next week here in WPXI Now. <laughs>